a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, grain prices are showing more strength today after dropping yesterday. Markets have been skyrocketing for the past week. Agri-News is brought to you by the Remax Blue Chip Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth, online at landforsalesas.ca. And McDougall Auctioneers Ag Division. Choose the alternative. McDougall Auctioneers for guaranteed results, online at mcdougallauction.com. Grain prices continue an upward spiral. Errol Anderson is an analyst with Pro Market Communications in Calgary. He says canola prices are rising with the temperatures. November canola is now taking aim at $520 a metric ton. This is a quick $45 a metric ton or $1 per bushel recovery. Traders and growers are quite worried about the excessive heat just as the canola crop flowers. Each day of this, of this extreme heat, the crop we believe is shrinking. Canola in the northern and east central portions of the Grain Belt are in better shape due to moisture conditions. Moving to spring wheat, there was a bit of rebound in the Minneapolis wheat futures today, but well below the losses recorded yesterday. The CWRS bids here have soared above $9 per bushel locally, but for every rally, there is a sell-off. And a sell-off we did as the Minneapolis wheat plunged 50 cents per bushel on Thursday as traders described the market as wildly overbought. Certainly more price volatility is expected through the month of July. The canola and wheat markets have posted gains in spite of a stronger Canadian dollar, which is up another two-thirds of a cent today to 77.66 cents U.S. Anderson says the loonie is one of the world's strongest currency movers this week. Errol Anderson is an analyst with ProMarket Communications in Calgary. The Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan has released details of a submission it made to the federal government on carbon pricing. APAS President Todd Lewis says the submission is asking the federal government to recognize the agricultural industry's efforts to combat climate change and reconsider the financial effects a carbon tax would have on farmers. Certainly in agriculture, a carbon tax uh, really doesn't uh, have much of a place you know, from our point of view, just because uh, farmers have uh, been uh, lowering their carbon footprint for, for years. And, uh, I mean, we produce uh, more cattle and, and grain now than, than ever before. And, uh, and uh, with lower energy, uh, lower, continually to lower our energy footprint. So, so the concept of taxing something to, uh, so you, you, you uh, use less really doesn't apply to uh, agriculture in Saskatchewan right now. Lewis says the proposed pricing exemption for farm fuel isn't enough to shelter agriculture from negative effects. Lewis says while it's difficult to gauge the exact impact a carbon tax would have on farmers, he estimates when you factor in all inputs, costs could go up between $15 to $20 an acre with a carbon tax of $50 per tonne. Certainly it's significant for Saskatchewan producers and uh, it's, uh, it starts out at $10 and then moves, moves uh, to 50 over time. And, and uh, you know, I'd, at this point in agriculture, uh, you know, we, we, we operate on very thin uh, margins at the best of times, and certainly this is no time to put an additional tax on. The APAS submission also stresses the importance of agriculture as a solution to carbon emissions and the key role Saskatchewan producers play in Canada's land use and carbon cycle management. From our point of view, farmers are part of the solution. We're not part of the problem, and, and so certainly we need recognition for the work we have done and, and the continued improvements that we are doing. So that's kind of where we're coming from, that just recognition of what we're doing. And, and certainly that's the federal government has a place that, uh, 
you know, in that internationally and so on, that, uh, you know, what's happening in Western Canada gets recognized internationally. APAS will host a Carbon Summit next Thursday and Friday in Saskatoon. We have another number of speakers and uh, panelists uh, just to get the conversation and uh, start uh, talking about what agriculture has done and what continue and do and what we're going to do in the future as far as uh, carbon management and, and uh, you know it's it's our position that uh, Saskatchewan uh, we're the leaders in low carbon agriculture and uh, and a lot of the technology and so on has been uh, developed here and was born here so so uh, let's talk about that and get recognition for it and and like I said before the the agriculture is part of the solution we're not we're we're uh, not the big problem that uh, some seems like some some uh, people are saying that that uh, modern agriculture causes a lot of these issues and, and that's just not true. Farmers can register for the Carbon Summit on the APAS website. Saskatchewan cattle prices were showing downward movement last month. Provincial cattle specialist Kim McLean says feeder steers were down as much as $22 per hundredweight during June. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were primarily lower last week. Uh, feeder steers and heifers saw losses of anywhere from five to twenty-two dollars a hundredweight over the last month. The lighter weight calves saw the largest drop in price, where the eighty-nine weight calves didn't see as large of a drop, and that's mostly just for concerns of grass and and feed this fall. Uh, on average, the calves saw a decrease of eleven dollars per hundredweight in June. And what were the main factors behind these drops? Well, the main factor is we all know how dry it is here in Regina, and that's pretty common across the province. It's not just here in the province, but also in the U.S., and they've got some major concerns over grass and whether or not they'll get the grain harvested. And so the cost of feed grain is going up, and uh, the cattle prices are taking a bit of a hit. Uh, and also they're predicting the future and trying to figure out if they'll, they'll be able to uh, get in the grain that they can uh, affordably feed these calves in the fall. What were marketings? Marketings this uh, June, we were close to 21,500, which is up over 6,000 head from last year's 15,000. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Market-ready, the fed cattle prices in Western Canada averaged 150 per hundred weight, and that's really been the telling side of this market. The fat, ca- fat cattle have dropped uh, $17 a hundred weight in just four weeks, and so this is signaling back to the calf prices, and combined with that worry of rainfall, we're really noticing it in the calf and backgrounding prices. Kim McLean is the cattle specialist for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And brought to you by Markison, New Holland, east of Regina at Emerald Park. Visit markison.com. Herbicide resistance is a rising problem for Saskatchewan farmers. Clark Brenzel is a weed specialist with Saskatchewan Agriculture. He says a study in 2014-2015 of 400 fields found 57% had some type of herbicide resistance, up from one-third in 2009 and just 10% in the year 2003. In those fields where wild oat was looked at, and that was 301 of the 400 fields, so roughly three-quarters of the field, 65% of those wild oat populations were found to be resistant to at least one herbicide. And that compared to 35% in 2009 and 13% in 2003. And what those were resistant to, uh, well, of of what was tested in a way, um, they looked at group one and group two in particular. And 59% of 
of those wild oak populations were resistant to group 1 herbicides and 32% were resistant to group 2 herbicides and there was 25% of those populations that were resistant to both of those groups at the same time. Brenzel says as long as farmers are using herbicides to treat weeds, resistance is going to be an issue. Brenzel says there are several things that farmers can do that don't involve herbicide use. Any time that a producer can use uh, non-herbicide management methods to reduce their overall weed population before they get to using the herbicide, then they reduce their odds of selecting for resistance. And there are several things that you can use to put your crop in an advantage over weeds and reduce the aggressiveness of the weeds, reduce the number of weed seeds that they would produce uh, at the end of the year. So you can look at higher crop populations. Uh, You can look at uh, targeted fertilizer. And so basically that means banning the fertilizer uh, near the row. You can look at uh, selecting for more competitive crops, so crops that tend to grow thicker and taller, uh, and that influences weeds coming in underneath them. You can look at keeping your row spacings narrow because what's happened uh, since direct seeding has become uh, more uh, established. Uh, what we find is that row spacings used to be in the neighborhood of eight inches as a standard, and now that they've they've spread it out to 10 to 12 inches as a standard, and that leaves a lot more space for weeds to get a foothold and do quite well in between the row, and rely. That means that the crop relies more heavily on the herbicide to to manage competition from those weeds. And so moving, and a lot of that was as a result of a, a solution to an engineering problem of residue bridging across those uh, cedar shanks. And that has recently been addressed by the Seed Hawk, is it Seed Hawk, Seed Master? Can't remember which one of those two has developed a wheel that runs in between the shanks and clears that debris now so that that, that eliminates that that need to have a wider spacing to allow debris to, to flow through the, the cedar. Brenzel says targeted tillage can be another useful tool in the battle against weeds. So if you've got escape patches in an area, maybe go in and use the, the cultivator rather than, the, um, rather than try and repeat with the herbicide all the time. And the other thing that we're looking at more and more is the concept of harvest weed seed management, where the material that comes out of the back of the combine rather than being blown far and wide and spreading that that resistant to genetics more broadly across the field uh, we're taking some of that chaff and we're either we're managing it in several different ways and australia is kind of the leader in this where they've run into populations there that are resistant to just about every single group and so they've basically hit the wall as far as options go as far as managing these things so they've started managing weed seed production and, and weed seed viability. And so there's a few things that are going on down there. Some of them will drop chaff in a narrow row behind the combine and then uh, either collect it or burn it in the row. Some are dropping chaff within tram lines, so where the wheel tracks go for all the equipment. And then what happens is that every time a piece of machinery goes over top of that tram line, it pounds that weed down and, and keeps it down every time, every management pass, uh, whether that be a weed control pass or not. Uh, there's other another system that's been developed called the Harrington Seed Destructor as well, where an Australian farmer 
decided to mount a, a gravel pulverizing machine behind his combine and, and pulverize everything that came out the back of it. And uh, that is, that's been tested here in Canada. And for many species, it's actually quite effective. And we're talking in the mid to high 90% reduction in seed viability coming out of the back of the combine. Wild oats is a bit of a different challenge, though, because it shatters its seed uh, well before uh, you get to the combine stage. Anything that goes through the combine, sure, gets controlled, but because of that shattering characteristic, um, it could be more of a challenge to manage through that system as well. Finally, Brenzel says putting long-term forages into a rotation has been shown to drop weed populations by upwards of 90%. The only weed that actually increases under that situation is uh, dandelion, essentially. So there are several uh, things that can be done to manage it. Whether that fits into each individual producer's uh, operation is uh, up to the determination of the producer. Clark Brenzel is a weed specialist with Saskatchewan Agriculture. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. Call 1-800-284-9999 for more information or to book a free consultation with the office of Scott Bjornson, Hall is Wealth. Scotia Capital Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Market Update also brought to you by Flamin Sales in Saskatoon, Southie, Prince Albert, Yorkton and Swan River. Visit Flamin.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola gained 70 cents at 487.60. Oats fell 29 cents at 165.23. Number one red spring wheat decreased 35 cents at $300.38. The rest were unchanged. Durham 278.90. Feed barley 135.03. Flax, 414.25. Yellow peas, $287. Feed wheat, $141.99. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, September wheat this morning was up 8 and a quarter cents at 7.77 and a quarter cents a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia, 642-5358 or Weyburn, 842-4574. Hello, it's Jared Cullen here from Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jar reporting. This week was a lighter run of cattle with only just over 200 head on offer. Cows and bulls were fairly steady, bringing D1 cows 95 to buck five, sales up to buck ten. Big slaughter bulls were bringing 125 to 130, exceptional bulls up to 133. We got over 100 plus yearlings booked in for next week so far, and slaughter cows. Everybody have a great day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Cattle sold 6,800 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 208 to 210 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,800 heads, selling in a range of 209 to 211 per CKG. Hog prices for the week ending Friday, July 7th are SIG 3, 20804, SIG 4, 21137, SIG 5, 20971, Cash, 20821, Bricko, 20837, Thunder Creek, 21082, and High Life, 20. 974. Ham's marketing cash hog price today is up 23 cents per CKG and forward contract prices opened mixed this morning. Cash prices were fairly steady this week as hog supplies tighten seasonally with the hot weather. U.S. packer margins are estimated at approximately $28.81 per head. Coming up, the farm weather forecast. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland, working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, 
specializing in six-inch eaves troughs for farm buildings and shops, online at perryeavestrough.ca. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today, sunny skies and a high of 29, clear tonight, the low 14. Saturday, partly cloudy, wind southeast 20, the high 31, the low 16. Sunday, sunny with a high 31, the low 18. Monday, sunny and windy with a high of 30, the low 17. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high 27, the low 16. Wednesday, sunny, the high 30, the low 17. Thursday, sunny, the high 33. Normal high is 25, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 4.56 this morning. It sets at 9.11 p.m. tonight. Around the province, we have Estevan at 26, Saskatoon, Swift Current, and Weyburn, all 27. Yorkton is 22. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's 27. That's 81 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 14. Humidity is 34%. The barometer dropping 102.3. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 26 degrees. Winds are from the north, northeast at 5. Once again, Regina, sunny, 27 degrees, that's 81 Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.